It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is up, guys? Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Hope you guys are having a good week as we are getting closer and closer to the NFL draft. Can you believe it is three weeks away from the start of the NFL draft? As the NFL has been pushing, they're going to keep the draft where it is. So we've got that to look forward to now in just three weeks. But with it starting to get close, I wanted to start looking at some other prospects. I thought today I'd look at some maybe day two prospects that the Panthers could take a look at at the cornerback position because we spend so much time talking about the possibility of Jeffrey Okuda and some of the other players that they can take at number seven. But I wanted to touch on some players uh, that they could look at in round two if they don't take a corner in round one, which is obviously very possible. But before I get into that, quick couple notes here. Uh, The Panthers did make uh, some free agent signings official on Wednesday, so I wanted to touch on those, and I wanted to give an update too. I checked out the uh, compensatory pick chart over at OverTheCap.com, so I wanted to get into that a little bit, so get an update there, because right now the Panthers could be getting a compensatory pick or two with the way free agency has been going so far, so I wanted to get into that, uh, touch on the free agent signings. And then we're going to touch on the uh, on the cornerbacks in round two. Just talk about a couple of the players. But before we get into that, of course, I want to give a shout out as always to our friends over at Queen City Beauty Group and our friends Michael and Michelle over there who are proud to announce the launch of their new skincare line with special pricing and free shipping. The skincare experts at Queen City Beauty Group have partnered with Keep It Hempel, an award-winning Charlotte, North Carolina cultivator of hemp, to bring you their line of CBD masks, each individually suited for specific skin conditions. CBD has been shown to have a host of benefits for you and greatly contributes to proper skin function. So how do you know there's no THC in your CBD? Their hemp is state-tested, just in case you are. And if you can't get to Queen City Beauty Group right now for a treatment, which no one can right now, unfortunately, you can still have home treatments customized to your skin condition. Don't waste your money on drugstore skin treatments that are full of ingredients you can't pronounce. They have three masks in total to address nearly any skin condition. So how are Queen City Beauty Group's masks different than what you'll find in a drugstore? These masks are effective. These products offer targeted solutions for your conditions, and these products won't leave you high or dry. So for 
limited time, purchase three masks for only $30 and get free shipping. Purchase the Facial Getaway Survive and Thrive Bundle today. You get one of each mask, three total, uh, free shipping, and a virtual consultation with Nichelle to maximize your benefits from the treatments. So to purchase, go to queencitybeautygroup.com, click on Shop, find Facial Getaway Survive and Thrive Bundle to get yourself or a loved one on the way to a healthier you. Queen City Beauty Group, skincare for all. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's jump into some of the latest news. Again, two free agent signings made official on Wednesday, including one of the big ones that we've been waiting on. Robbie Anderson, formerly the New York Jets, is now officially a Carolina Panther. He signed his two-year deal yesterday. The Panthers made it official. So Robbie Anderson now locked and loaded with the Carolina Panthers as the numbers were reported before it was about a 20 million dollar contract he'll get 10 million up front in fact if we look at uh, spot rack they should have the numbers up right now so let's take a look at that we get in real quick and we see that Robbie Anderson will have an 8 million dollar cap hit in 2020 he'll make a base salary of $4 million. Uh, remember, it was a two-year $20 million contract with $12 million guaranteed that he'll get in this first year. He gets uh, an $8 million signing bonus, and then his base salary this year, $4 million, is guaranteed. So he'll have a cap hit of $8 million this year, and then in 2021, he'll have a base salary of $8 million plus his uh, signing bonus cap hit, of $4 million, so he'll have a cap hit of $12 million. Now, the Panthers can save $8 million against the cap if they uh, if they were to release Anderson after this season. Uh, you know, save $8 million, but it would leave $4 million in dead cap. So, not a huge signing, or not a lot of money involved, obviously. And again, Robbie Anderson was one of those guys that thought he would have a much bigger market than he actually ended up getting. Uh, so he so it is a $20 million contract. And again, he gets $12 million guaranteed, all of it paid this year. $8 million signing bonus and his $4 million base salary for 2020. The Panthers also announced the signing of Keith Kirkwood, the former New Orleans Saints wide receiver who did play under Matt Rule at Temple, so he does have that little bit of a connection. Kirkwood came into the NFL in 2018 as an undrafted free agent out of Temple. He played two years with the Saints, so he missed most of last year with a hamstring injury. He did appear in eight games as a rookie for the Saints, catching 13 passes, 209 yards, and two touchdowns. Also scored a touchdown in the Saints playoff game that season against the Philadelphia Eagles. He played three seasons for Temple 
after transferring from Hawaii. And in those three years, he caught 103 passes, 1,638 yards, and 16 touchdowns. So Keith Kirkwood now officially with the Carolina Panthers. And so with those in play now, like I said, I wanted to take a look at the uh, compensatory draft picks cancellation chart over at overthecap.com to get a little bit of an update on that. And right now, the Panthers are actually projected two compensatory picks from over the cap. They're projected a fifth round pick right now with Vernon Butler, who of course signed with the Buffalo Bills at $8 million per year. And then Bruce Irvin also projected to get a draft pick. Now, we don't know we don't know the draft pick right now for Bruce Irvin. They have a question mark there because we don't know the average contract value right now of his contract. We know of course Irvin did sign with the Seattle Seahawks, so going back to the team that drafted him, but we don't know the actual value yet of the contract. So there's still a question mark there as to what he's valued at, but he is right now worth a compensatory pick because right now the Panthers have lost seven qualifying free agents and gained five. Zach Kerr and Farrell Cooper uh, don't qualify right now for the uh, compensatory pick chart. So, which is nice because they don't, if they did qualify, they would pretty much cancel out uh, Butler and Irvin. But right now the Panthers have lost two more free agent, two more compensatory free agents than they've gained, and that's why Butler and Irvin right now would be worth compensatory picks. You know, to give a little bit of context, uh, who's canceled out who. Uh, the signing of Teddy Bridgewater canceled out the loss of James Bradbury, and uh, Bradbury, of course, would have been a third-round pick for the Panthers, but uh, the signing of Teddy Bridgewater obviously negates that. Robbie Anderson cancels out Mario Addison, who, of course, also signed with the Bills. I mean, look, we've got three former Panthers now that all signed with the Bills. Mario Addison, Vernon Butler, and Darrell Williams. But Robbie Anderson cancels out Mario Addison on their chart. Steven Weatherly cancels out Gerald McCoy, who signed with the Cowboys. Seth Roberts cancels out Greg Van Roten, who signed with the Jets. And Justin Burris cancels out... Daryl Williams, who of course also signed with the Buffalo Bills. So Vernon Butler and Bruce Irvin right now are the two free agents lost that would give the Panthers a draft pick. Now, of course, they could still sign, though the uh, it's only, there's only about a month left in the period where, because I think it's after like the beginning of May that the, uh, the time frame runs out. So if you sign free agents like after the beginning of May or whenever it is, they don't count toward the uh, compensatory pick. Now, obviously, things can still change a little bit because uh, playing time is still a factor and other things, you know, and I think they're changing a little bit the formula or how these uh, compensatory picks are created with the new CBA. But uh, at least for now, using the chart we have now, uh, the Panthers are projected two picks in the uh, with with compensatory picks, and we know for sure right now, uh, uh, with their projections, Vernon Bu- Vernon Butler would be worth a fifth. Uh, looking at the rest of the NFC South, to give you guys an idea, there the Buccaneers 
are only projected one compensatory pick right now. They've lost three compensatory free agents and gained two. Obviously, the big one was Tom Brady. He cancels out the loss of Carl Nassib and the signing of Joe Haig. Cancels out the signing of Bo Allen. Nassib, of course, signed with the Raiders. And Bo Allen, I believe, signed with the Patriots. So those canceled each other out for the Buccaneers. Uh, but the one that is holding on right now for a comp pick for the Bucks would be Brashad Perryman, giving them a sixth-round pick as they don't have a signing right now that would cancel him out. Perryman, of course, signed with the uh, the New York Jets. Then the Atlanta Falcons right now so far have signed or have lost six compensatory free agents and only gained one. That one, of course, was Dante Fowler, formerly of the LA Rams. He cancels out the loss of Austin Hooper to the Browns. But right now they've got five free agents that would qualify for a compensatory pick. Now keep in mind, team can only max out at four compensatory picks. So one of them is effectively going to be disqualified. But right now they're projected a fifth for Vic Beasley, who signed with the Titans, a a pair of sixth-round picks, one for Devondre Campbell, who signed with the Cardinals, and then Wes Schweitzer, who signed with the, if I'm looking for here, the Redskins. And then the seventh right now for Adrian Claiborne, who I believe just signed with the Cleveland Browns. Because I think that signing just happened. Yeah, Adrian Claiborne signed with the Browns. And then they also have Jack Crawford, who signed with, also signed with the Titans. So a couple of former Falcons there. Uh, but again, that's a contract similar to Bruce Irvin. We don't know the value, so they can't, they can't actually pay the draft pick. But again... One of these picks is going to be disqualified because they have five qualifying free agents, but only four can actually give them a compensatory pick. And then the New Orleans Saints, the team that almost never has compensatory picks, right now is set to have three compensatory picks. They lost four free agents and gained one. That, of course, was Emmanuel Sanders. His signing on their board cancels out the loss of Eli Apple, who signed with the Raiders, who of course had been on a free agent spending spree. Eight eight free agents signed right now, including Corey Littleton and Marcus Mariota. Uh, they of course obviously lost Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers. That right now is giving them a third round compensatory pick. Von Bell signing with the Bengals. Right now is giving them a sixth. And A.J. Klein, the former Panther, who signed with the Buffalo Bills, is also giving the Saints right now a sixth-round pick. So, again, a team that I believe has the fewest number of compensatory picks since this whole thing started. I think back in 94 when free agency started. Uh, the Saints right now are, are going to have three first-round picks or, th- or, yeah, three first-round picks, they wish. Three compensatory picks. One of them is going to be a third-round pick. Now, unless they somehow... And I don't even think they could, because there's really no big... All the big free agents are obviously off the board. You know, even if they were to sign 
Cam Newton or even... Well, I, I take that back. There is one big money player that could maybe still cancel out a high compensatory pick for a team, and that would be Jadevian Clowney. You know, because he's still looking for 17 to 18 million, because at least that number dropped, according to Diana Rossini. So he would probably be the only player left that would, um, if a team signs him and they had, say, a third round compensatory pick or a fourth, it would probably cancel that out. And the two teams, you know, for the record, the two teams she was talking about that have interest in Clowney are the Seahawks and the Titans. The Seahawks right now don't have any compensatory picks anyway. They've they lost four free agents, uh, compensatory free agents gained five. So uh, bringing back, well, of course, um, Jadevin Clowney really wouldn't count either way. Number one, it's their own free agent, even though he was testing the market. Number two, uh, again, they've already gained more free agents than they lost. And then the Titans, uh, same thing. Uh, they've been evened out in their in their cancellation chart. Lost two compensatory free agents in Jack Conklin and Marcus Mariota. Gained two in Vic Beasley and Jack Crawford. So either way, uh, th- there's no effect on the compensatory picks there. But like I said, that would just be the last player to, uh, to knock off a, a high pick. But I don't think the Saints are going to go after him. So I think we can lock in the New Orleans Saints having a third-round compensatory pick. Now, for the hell of it, we can uh, let's look at the the full list of uh, compensatory picks, basically in order of uh, what round and the average year. And right now, they're projecting six picks or six teams to have a third-round compensatory pick. That would be the Chargers for Phillip Rivers, the Patriots for Tom Brady, the Cowboys for Byron Jones, the Rams for Dante Fowler, the Saints for Teddy Bridgewater, and the Vikings for Trey Waynes. And then a few teams with fourth-rounders, including the Patriots with Kyle Van Noy, the Cowboys with Robert Quinn, and a few others. But again, the, the Panthers right now, are in the and actually looking at their list, Vernon Butler is actually on the bottom of the the group of fifth round picks. So it's very possible that that could drop to a sixth round compensatory pick. But as of now, it is set at a fifth round pick. But again, these are just projections. Uh, things can change. Uh, and again, Bruce Irvin, you know, depending on his contract value. But they're all, they already have a, a pretty big list of compensatory picks that's already way over the 32-pick limit. So there's even a chance that it qualifies for a compensatory pick, but they still won't even get it because it's over the 32-pick limit. In fact, they all their seventh-round they don't even have a seventh-round pick right now. That's qualifying, you know, so looking at their chart right now, the last compensatory pick may actually come in the sixth round. Their last one on the board is actually the Eagles uh, for Timmy Jernigan, whose contract is $3.75 million per year that he signed with the Texans. So it's quite possible that if Bruce Irvin didn't sign a contract worth more than that with the Seahawks, 
that that pick's not not even going to count, and the Panthers are going to be stuck with just I shouldn't say stuck, but um, they're only going to end up with one compensatory pick for Vernon Butler. And again, they could always sign free agents that'll cancel them out, but right now that's where the Panthers stand because it se- seems like people have been getting more interested in uh, compensatory picks and how these free agent signings uh, will affect them. So I wanted to take a look at that. So again, right now, two players qualifying for the Panthers, uh, but there's a good chance that only one of them is actually going to count in the compensatory pick. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So after all that, um, you know, hopefully you guys uh, kind of enjoyed that a little bit or can uh, were interested in the compensatory pick. Obviously, this is talking next year's draft. Still got a long way to go to, for that. But I do want to get into this year's draft. Like I said, I did talk about uh, I want to look at some second round uh, cornerback prospects or day two cornerback prospects in case of the Panthers don't end up with uh, Jeffrey Okuda, or as I mentioned yesterday, another scenario could be that they trade back a little bit and end up with uh, C.J. Henderson, or as uh, we looked at with uh, one of Ben Solak's recent mocks, Jeff Gladney, so there's there's a couple guys there, but um, a couple guys I want to look at, uh, so we'll start with Trayvon Diggs of Alabama, and I'm just looking at a couple scouting reports here. Uh, looking at uh, Tony Pauline's here, so Trayvon Diggs. We'll start with him. Uh, six foot one, about two hundred five pounds. Ran a four four two at the forty. Um, really good corner. Really good zone corner. Uh, looking at some of the scouting reports here on the Draft Network. Uh, we'll start with Joe Marino's. Loves him in zone coverage. Um, ha- says he has an astute understanding of coverage spacing and how the layer zones uh, has redirect pop in his hands and generally does well to jam at the release. Uh, But a couple of his cons from Marino does say he is disappointing as a tackler and playing through contact, especially for his size. More of a drag down guy that has some reluctant moments on tape. Ball skills with his back to the line of scrimmage can fail him, uh, can get a touch over aggressive. So says he says his best trade is zone coverage, worst trade is tackling, but does compare him, or does make his NFL comparison to him as Aqib Tlaib. When you're compared to Aqib Tlaib, a cornerback, that's pretty darn good. And, um, you know, the Panthers, they've, they've always been kind of a zone team, you know, that could obviously change a bit with Phil Snow, but uh, Trayvon Diggs, very solid, uh, very good corner. Probably will be there in uh, in round two, but I mean you never know. So then uh, another guy we'll take a look at here. Let's look at AJ Terrell out of Clemson, six one, one ninety five. Ran a uh, what did he run four four? Also ran a four four two 
at the uh, at the scouting combine, uh, checking out Tony Pauline's scouting report here real quick. Says he displays uh, or says he's an athletic corner with high upside, physical, battles receivers, and works hard to defend throws. Uh, displays good awareness, knows where his opponent is on the field, effectively covers receivers on crossing patterns. Uh, some of Tony's negatives against him, though, tends to squat in his back pedal, which does not make for quick or smooth movements in reverse, struggles to make plays with his back to the ball, and cannot locate the pass in the air. Hits more than he wraps at times, must polish his game. So his overall analysis uh, displayed a uh, flash dominance, but displayed a lot of inconsistency and was beaten badly in big moments. You know, one obviously there there have been plenty of times that some of the the big things that have come up against AJ Terrell were how he was uh, pretty badly beaten in the uh, the national championship against LSU. So that kind of seems to be the uh, what people are hanging their hat on uh, as far as their uh, their negatives, but still looking like a solid corner. Still looking like he's going to be a uh, uh, a high pick, probably probably high day two, and you know he'd be another solid option, I think, with uh, with the Panthers. And then another guy I want to look at, and I'm going to I'm going to get his name right sooner rather than later. I'm going to make sure I get it right, and that is Noah Igbin Ogni. Igben Ogni. There you go. There's your pronunciation lesson. Noah Igben Ogni, the the corner out of uh, out of Auburn. And I mean, uh, he he comes from a, a track. Comes from a very good track family. Both of his parents ran track in Nigeria. Uh, his mother won a bronze medal with the Nigerian four x one hundred relay team in the ninety two games. And finished fifth with that team in '96, and his father won five SEC titles in the long and triple jumps at uh, Mississippi State. And Noah was a high school track standout himself. He actually broke the Alabama, and I'm taking this info too from Lance line, so credit to him, breaking the Alabama state record in the triple jump, and finishing second in the nation in that event as a senior. And let's remember too that. Uh, Igben Agony only started playing corner in college. He actually was recruited as a wide receiver. He, in fact, he was a top 25 wide receiver recruit and was a first-team All-State selection as a senior. Uh, so he started his college career on offense with Auburn. Actually played all 14 games with Auburn uh, at receiver. Six receptions. For 24 yards in those 14 games, but was also the team's primary kick returner. It wasn't until 2018 that Igben Ogany made the transition to cornerback and ended up playing really well at the cornerback position. 2018, he uh, started nine games, played in uh, played in all 13, started nine of them, had 50 tackles, one interception, and 11 pass breakups. And still contributed a little bit as their kick returner. And then also ran track for Auburn in 2018. So he kept that up as well. So, I mean, 
obviously he's he's got some speed and if we look back at his uh his 40 time he ended up running a uh a 448 40 and he was also seventh in the long jump at the sec indoor championships uh, and then last year started all 13 games for auburn had 42 tackles and seven pass breakups uh, returned nine kickoffs and brought one of them back for a touchdown. So you gotta love the the speed and the athleticism of Igbenogamy. Uh, Lance Airline actually compares him to um, to Darquez Denard, the former first round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. But of course, he's now signed. He just signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But there's a lot of love for uh, Igbenogamy. In fact, I'm checking out an article right now, too, I'll share with you, by Jonah Tolls over at the Draft Network. Now, you know, of course, Jonah no longer with the Draft Network, but uh, it sounds like he's got something really big coming, so very excited for him. But uh, Jonah knows his stuff when it comes to the cornerback position. He wrote a piece about Noah uh, at the Combine, calling him a budding star, at the corner position, five foot eleven, hundred ninety eight pounds. Uh, at least uh, going into his uh, going into the twenty eighteen season when he made the transition to Aub or made the transition to cornerback, and just played really well. Played really well. Jonah writes how he predictably imp- improved leaps and bounds in his corner or in his junior campaign playing his best games against top-flight competition, including Oregon, Alabama, LSU, and Florida. Igbenogany truly looked like one of the top cornerbacks in the country with his athleticism and man coverage and playing instincts with the ball in the air. Uh, Then he writes, Then declared for the 2020 draft as a potential first-round pick of the position just two years removed from never taking a single snap at corner. And uh, Noah talked about that at the senior bowl says now i have to look at the, the game whole differently i'm covering backward and running backward now it's all different at wide receiver you're running forward and have an advantage i used to talk trash to cornerbacks and now i really see how hard corner is and how disciplined you have to be with your attention to detail and patience um joan also writes about his strong ability to learn and develop at a uh, at such a rapid rate and says his untapped potential is through the roof, and it makes him the most fascinating quarterback prospect in his class. With his world-class athleticism and rare efficiency in man coverage so early in his quarterback career, Igbenogany believed the fact that he has grown so much in such a short period of time while still having a lot to learn about the position makes him the best cornerback in the draft. Uh, he wraps up saying, sure, he may not be as refined as other top cornerbacks in this class, but with his world-class athleticism and rapid development in just two years of playing the position, I believe he has unlimited upside as a man coverage corner at the next level and should be in every top five cornerback discussion in this class. So a lot of love from Jonah on Igbenogany, and for good reason. I mean, you, you watch him, he's it, it really is hard to believe how good he's been playing the position in just two years of actually playing it. Now, 
you know, it's that old football joke of uh, cor- cornerbacks are cornerbacks because they're wide receivers who who can't catch the ball. But um, obviously, he had a lot of success at wide receiver. That's why he was recruited as a wide receiver. But you know, Auburn, I guess, just felt that he had the skills to play corner. Felt he worked better there, and now he's going to make a good bit of money. Uh, at that position, and who knows, he could, he could sneak into the first round as one of those top cornerback positions. But if he is there at uh, at thirty eight for the Panthers in round two, you really have to strongly consider him. I mean, again, just the 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 speed and the athleticism of Igbenogany, and as Jonah says, he clearly has a sharp football mind that he's able to, in such a short amount of time, develop the way he did and be as productive as he can be. So, you know, Jonah even asked this question too, and and I'm going to ask it. Imagine what this player could be after a couple years in the NFL, after a couple years of uh, NFL coaching, what he can be at the cornerback position. Because clearly, his football IQ is very high. He can clearly retain a lot of knowledge because it, it's not easy in the middle of your college career to make a transition from wide receiver to cornerback and not just make the transition, but become one of the best at that position, especially at a school like Auburn, where obviously you're going up against all these uh, all, all these strong offenses in the SEC and Igbenogany was fantastic at doing that. So he he has to really I would say he has to be on the Panthers radar in the in round 2 just cuz you know you, like I said you have to feel so good just about his uh his potential and uh the way he develops and just how smart the kid looks to only play corner and it's a tough let's remember this is a tough position. I mean when we talk about premium positions in the NFL, obviously cornerback or quarterback is number one. Uh, edge rusher, I would say, is probably number two. Then left tackle is probably number three. And then you can make the argument that number four on that list would be cornerback. Because the NFL, obviously, is such a high-passing league now that you need those top cornerbacks to shut down opposing wide receivers. And that's what's also going to give Igbenogany, uh, I've been starting to get it right, uh, a huge advantage because he's playing uh, one of those premium positions. So those are just a couple guys, but really diving into Igbenogany, I really like the fit because uh, it feels like you can you know, really work with him and he can, he can just learn so much. And I think in round two, I think he'd be a great fit for the Panthers if they don't land Jeffrey Okuda in round one. So those are a couple of guys. You know, we'll dive into some more players, look at some other positions. Uh, but those are a couple of guys that I think, uh, again, A.J. Terrell, uh, Trayvon Diggs, and Noah Igbenogany, that I think would definitely be really solid options uh, if they don't land Jeff Okuda with the seventh pick in round one. 
Uh, so with that, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. As always, thanks so much for sticking around. Really appreciate your support. We'll be back tomorrow for one more shot at this this week and then head into the weekend on a high note. So stay safe, everybody. Stay well. Uh, just keep at it. Three weeks from the draft. We're almost there. Uh, remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E, and follow my work at a host of different spots, uh, including Panthers Wire, Bengals Wire, PFN, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, so with that, I'm out here. Have yourselves a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow to wrap up the week here on Locked on Panthers. Until then, take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.